0: looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Good morning everyone. It is Wednesday, November the 16th, 2022. It is currently 11:04 a.m. Central Time and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Hope you're having a wonderful day. If you did not hear our broadcast for today's Focus, today's Focus podcast series is about 15-minute long podcast episodes, giving you one thing to focus on, you may want to consider checking that one out today. dealt with meditation and knowledge. I think it's a very important subject. We have so many other series and things we're working on. We will get back to our series on Understanding Law and Gospel today. The goal was to be live tonight at 7 p.m. at Victory Baptist Church. We'll probably be just uh, doing some different things tonight, so I don't. We won't be doing any teaching on law and gospel, but I will be doing a podcast episode today at some point on uh, Understanding Law and Gospel. Please consider that out. And of course, we've got all the other series that we are always working on. So as I look, we, you can get our podcast on any podcasting app on the on the planet. It doesn't matter. Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, I, I, TuneIn, uh, you, you just name it, uh, Pandora, Deezer, Pocket Cast, name the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're we're on all of those, but we still still try to point people to the Church One app. Church One, that's Church O-N-E, all run together, Church O-N-E. You can get it in Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Church O-N-E, once you download that app, search for Theology Central, choose us, and that basically turns the Church One app into the Theology Central app. You'll get notifications when we're live on the air, and all of our content is broken down into series, which makes it very easy for you to find our content. Because when you're looking on a normal podcast app, it's just listed in chronological order, so you have to just scroll and scroll. And if you, I don't know if you realize, our podcast is listed on some podcasting apps as an hourly podcast. That means we put out so much content that they think that we are an hourly podcast, that we release new content every hour. Clearly, that's not true. It just shows you that we, whatever their little metrics are, we put out so many podcast episodes, it's there. So keeping up with our content is, it can be crazy. So, uh, because I've had people that will email me going, man, I stopped, you know, I I stopped listening for a week because I was on vacation. I come back and look, I don't even know what was the first broadcast you did. And I'm like, the Church One app, that's the only way you can keep up with everything. So there we go. Just a little bit of behind the scenes information and news to keep you up to date with everything going on here. All right. But are you ready? We're not here to talk about any of that. We're here to talk about the rise of the non-denominational church because we have some breaking news that was just released a few hours ago about non-denominational churches that is, well, maybe you'll find it surprising. Maybe you won't find it surprising, but let's do this. Let's try to place this news article in some kind of context. You know what I love to do on on this podcast? You know I love to sit down in front of this microphone, and I'll take a news story and kind of look at how the Christian world is looking at it or handling it. And I typically go at it from a completely different perspective and a completely different way of thinking. So, and you know, you also know that I love to constantly be looking ahead, trying to figure out where is Christianity headed? Where is Christianity going? Way back. I mean, I don't even know how many years ago I started warning about the politicizing of Christianity and Christianity being politically hijacked and Christianity being politically taken over by politics and well, that turned out to be pretty a pretty accurate concern because Christianity has in a very large part been completely hijacked by politics. So I'm always looking, trying to figure out where are we headed? Where are we going? Where are we going? Well, I can definitely say this. Christianity, the evangelical world is moving to the non-denominational type church. That is where they are moving. And that is not even like a prediction. That is just an observation of reality. But what does that mean for the future of Christianity? If Christianity just continues to move towards a non denominational church mindset, what does that mean? Well, one, we could ask the question what does that mean to the traditional denominations? Well, some of them are, you know, you could argue are not going to survive financially. I mean, because those big denominations, there's a big structure and there's, there's all of these different people and, and headquarters and staff. They, they, they require lots of money to maintain. Are we going to see the collapse moving ahead of some of these larger denominations? I, I don't know. And what happens if everything moves to a non-denominational mindset? Will it be a good thing or be a bad thing? There's lots of questions to ask and lots of things to consider. But let's start with basically getting a little bit of information, just some background information so that we know what we're talking about, all right? So that we understand, all right? What are non-denominational churches? What are non-denominational churches? All right. Non-denominational churches of Christianity are congregations who are not self- affiliated with a traditional denomination, and often separate themselves. Now, this is very important. I want you to hear this. They often separate themselves from the strict doctrine and customs of other Christian fellowships. Now, that doesn't mean they always do that. But in many cases, they're non-denominational, so they don't feel like they have to adhere to a strict doctrinal definition. I'm not saying that's always the case, because I know many churches that are independent, non-denominational, not affiliated with a denomination, but they have a very strict doctrinal statement. They do. But you would not know it from their name, right? You see the name and you're like, well, what is that? What is that? Right? What is that? Is it a charismatic? Is it is it what, it, what is, I don't know. It's just, it's Redeemer or it's whatever, whatever the name is. You can just go through all the different names that you can see. Living Waters, you know, all, all the different things. Uh, the River of Life, New Hope. I, I'm just trying to think, Beltway, I'm thinking of churches here in the local area. Now, some of the, if I go through all of those, River of, let's see, New Hope, that's straight up charismatic, River of Life, definitely charismatic light, Beltway was supposed to be Baptist, I think it was even associated with Southern Baptist at one point, now it's basically, it's just a charismatic church. I mean, you can, I, some of those names, though, you don't know, you don't know. Now, that to me is somewhat frustrating because you you have to go try to figure it out. you have to go figure it out. And maybe maybe that's why these churches are successful because they're not associated with a doctrinal statement. Maybe I mean I don't know. but typically, non-denominational church, well clearly they're not it's not typical. It's a fact. They're not affiliated with a denomination but not not always, but often they separate themselves from strict doctrine doctrine and customs of other Christian fellowships. Simply put, it means non-denominational and somehow different from the historic, well-known denominations of Christianity. All right? Uh, commonly established by individual pastors or communities, these churches seek to practice a unique approach to traditional Christian worship. Okay, maybe. I think some, some of them follow the, the same kind of pre- uh, idea, but all right. Although there are some general overlap between non denominational churches and traditional Protestant congregations in terms of practices and foundational beliefs, sharing common sources of theology from the Bible and the Protestant Reformation, examples of Protestant denominations include Presbyterian, Episcopal, Lutheran, Methodist, etc., etc., etc. The rise of non denominational congregations has been remarkable in modern history reported by Universal Life Church, the amount of Americans classifying their religion as non-denominational increased from fewer than 200,000 in 1990. I want you to, I don't know how long you've been a Christian. I don't know how long you've been a Christian, but I want you to think about this. If you were a Christian before 1990, right, or around 1990, in your lifetime, this is what you have witnessed. Now, maybe sometimes when history is happening, we don't notice it in the moment, right? We That sometimes is what it bothers me, that, that it's something just inside of us sometimes that just causes us to miss history while it is happening. And I think within Christianity, we need those Christians, we need those pastors, we need those, those spiritual leaders who can see what's happening, and tell everyone, look, look, well, something is happening. A transformation is occurring. History is occurring. We have to be able to see what's happening in the present so that we can figure out where things are going in the future. If you can't see the present, then there's no way to predict the future. You First, you've got to learn from the past. That's why we need to be students of church history, like real students of church history if you don't know the past, well, then you're in all kinds of trouble. But sometimes we we either ignore the present because all we're doing is studying the past, and we ignore the present so then we can't see accurately the future. Or sometimes we ignore the past and ignore the present so we can't see the future. I mean, there's so many problems with the way we, we focus, but man, we've got to pay attention to the present. But if you were a Christian or you were paying attention starting in 1990, there were fewer than 200,000 people classified as non-denominational, it was a unique thing. It was it was a it was almost an odd thing. Like, what is that? What is that? What kind of church is that? What is that? I I will argue they were almost looked at with a little bit of suspicion. I I think that's I think that's an accurate description that an eight billion Americans classified themselves or their religion as non-denominational. It went from two hundred thousand. To 8 million between 1990 and 2008. That is an absolute total transformation. And what happened? Why? Why did that occur? I mean, that's the real why did people just like, that's it. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not a Baptist. I'm not a Methodist. I'm not a Presbyterian. I'm non denominational. I'm non denominational. And I think I think we can, we have seen that that all of a sudden probably if you think about I don't know if you've lived in the same city since the 1990 but if you have think about the kind of churches that were there at that time and now what they are were today look drive around your city and look at the churches and tell me if you can tell the denomination by looking at the church How how many of them are simply you, you don't know what the denomination is you don't you don't have a clue what it is I think that that's very important. So there's there's that's the rise, but wait, that that article stopped us in 2008. What's happened from 2008 to 2022? November the 16th, 2022. Are you ready for this? Non-denominational churches surpass Southern Baptists in adherence. A report has indicated that non-denominational churches now surpass Southern Baptist and adherents. Here is the story. This was published a couple of hours ago. In the last 10 years, the number of American Christian adherents and non-denominational churches nearly doubled in number and surpassed America's largest Protestant denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention, by several million adherents. The 2020 U.S. The Southern Baptist by several million adherents. That means that the the move towards a non-denominational kind of church and classifying yourself as non-denominational, it is increasing. The study released Friday shows that over that period, the number of adherents in Southern Baptist churches and United Methodist churches each decreased by about two million. Well, the number of adherents in independent, non-denominational Christian churches increased by nearly 9 million. So while people were leaving the Southern Baptists, while people were leaving the United Methodists, they were flocking to non-denominational Christian churches, and they increased by nearly 9 million. That is hard to even comprehend, So, I mean, there, there's so much here that we could uh, talk here. Uh, see, I'm, gonna, I'm just looking at some of the, the statements here. Um, the decrease in certain denominations and increase in non-denominational churches may be a result of the same factors, all right? Uh, they said denominational brands have weakened and divisions have increased over issues such as female clergy or sexual orientation, this likely led some adherents to seek or even start new de- non-de- non-denominational churches. Now that is, oh, that is so important. That is so important. That is so important. I'm trying to I'm trying to go through all of the report here just to try to understand it. Now, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a lot of people mad, but here we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this because I think it's very 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 important. All right, we have to talk about this. All right, are you ready? You know, listen to me carefully. And when I say this, please don't immediately pick up the rocks and say stone the heathen because you're going to think I'm calling into question what Luther did in the Protestant Reformation. But I have made this point over and over and over and over and I think history proves that I'm right. All right. So listen to me carefully. All right. Obviously, in the Protestant Reformation, there's no way to get around this. Luther challenged the authority of the Roman Catholic Church. At that time, you could say that it was a, a, a pretty majority way of thinking within the so-called Christian world that the church had the power. The church had the authority. The church could define dogma, define doctrine, and say, this you believe, if you don't, you are anathema. This you believe, you're anathema. They were the ones who supposedly had the power to interpret the scripture. The power, in a sense, there was an authority and a power, and it rested in the church, You went to the church, the church had the answers, the church had the doctrine, the church had the Bible, the church had the interpretation. It wasn't individualistic, it was very much institutionalized in the church, the church had the power. Well, Luther challenged that. Now, you had a lot of things going on in the rise of humanism. You had a lot of things going on in the culture that was already calling it into question, the scientific revolution. You had a lot of things going on already calling into question the church, right? But that was more coming from outside of the church. Now you had someone literally, figuratively, literally... Nailing something into a church door, I know that there's some historical dispute about how it actually went down. But here's Luther knelling his 95 theses, and whether we like it or not, he was calling into question the authority of the church. He was like, "Hey, you may define doctrine, but you're wrong here. You, you, I, I'm going to call it into question." Now, I'm not saying this was his intention, right? But there was unintended consequences. In his mind, look, look, look. No, it's not the church; it's the Bible. Right. It's not so I'm gonna in a sense take the authority from the church who's now standing over the Bible or in judgment of the Bible, and I'm going to now place the Bible over the church, and the church needs to be subjective to the authority of Scripture. I'm going to elevate and exalt the authority of Scripture over the church. Oh, that sounds so good. That preaches so good. Right. Someone say Amen, right? That that's good stuff. It sounds so good, but here's the unintended consequences. Somehow, the church lost its power, and instead of the power and authority going to the Word of God, even though that's what we claim, and that's what we preach on Reformation Day, even though that's what it's claimed, something happened. The the church loses its power and authority, and instead of it actually going to the Scripture, it went to the individual. Individual. Now, we may not have seen this immediately, but it did not take long in church history to see that this is an absolute fact. It went to the person. Now, guess what? No, it's not the Pope. Now, now I know people, people will try to say, no, it was the scriptures. No, 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 no. It became you. You became the Pope. You became the magisterium. You became with the authority. And whether we like it or not, if the church was over the scriptures... Well now we the individual become over the scriptures. So now it's what we read it and and you say no the scripture is the authority. No no no. It's our interpretation becomes the authority. We we look at it and we say, "Nope, we are right. This is what it means. This is what it says." And then we we look we we establish churches and denominations based off what we think it says. And we see this everywhere. Every Christian, they don't have, they don't, they've never been to seminary. They've never read a textbook on hermeneutics. They've never studied church history. They don't know systematic theology from practical theology, from biblical theology. They they don't, they don't know Greek. They don't know Hebrew. They don't know anything, but they will take the scripture and immediately say, no, this is what it says. I'm right. You're wrong. And guess what? If they don't like what's being preached, they'll just go start another church. So they're saying one of the reasons there's been a rise of non-denominational churches is because, well, people don't like what's happening in some of the denominations. So guess what they do? This led some of the adherents to seek or even start new new non-denominational churches. Hey, I'm, I'm tired of what's going on in the Southern Baptist. I'm tired of what's going on in the Methodist. Whether it's women pastors, sexual orientation, whatever the issue is, that we'll just go start another church, because that's what we do after the Protestant Reformation, and we saw that. Uh, you, next thing you know, you had Luther, and then Luther people were disagreeing with Luther, and then, then you had this camp and this camp and this camp and this camp, and it just kept continuing and continuing. And every camp would say, well, "No, the Bible is the authority." You go to any church; what's your the Word of God is our authority. But why then is your authority different from that authority? And why is that authority different from that authority? And why is that authority different from that authority? When the reality is, no matter how much we claim Scripture is the authority, we are the authority. Our interpretation becomes the authority. Because we have a hard time removing ourselves and actually looking and observing the text, actually doing actual observational study, before we even get to the interpretation and then hope that our interpretation is based off our correct observation. But we, no, we, we so much of actually digging into the text has been obliterated because we just read it and then insert our thoughts and our opinions upon it. So I, I can see why non-denominational churches would happen because every Christian thinks that they're right and as soon as they don't like what their church says, uh, they just leave, they just leave, they just leave. That's what they do. You're my authority until I disagree with you. Then I'm going to go find another authority that agrees. Isn't it amazing that you want the authority that agrees with you? You don't want the authority that disagrees with you. How convenient. So guess what? They go start another church. You see the rise of non-denominational churches? because It started by people who didn't like what was going on in the denomination. Now, I'm not saying the denominations aren't to blame for some of that because a lot of the denominations become nothing more than political and everyone's fighting for a position and and it's ugly. And I understand that. But it really shows one of the unintended consequences of the Protestant Reformation. The individual becomes the pope. We went from one pope to millions upon millions upon millions of popes. All declaring our theological dogmas, declaring our theological anathemas, and thinking that we are right and everyone else is wrong. You say, well, how do we fix that? There's no easy way because what we really have to do is we really have to try our best to exalt scripture to its rightful place and truly submit ourselves to it. But the average Christian doesn't even know how to study. I mean, you say what's what's your study method? I don't know. I don't. I've never been taught a study method. And you start listening to them tell you how they study, and you're like, that's. In most cases, it's read and interpret, and they don't even know observational methods and steps, and it, yeah, it's it's just a mess. So that so that's that's very important. It says. Uh, Non-denominational churches, according to Grace Church in Plano, Texas, are churches that had no connection with the rec- with recognized denominations and mainline churches such as the Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Methodist churches, all of which have been losing members. Yeah, they're all losing members. They're going to non-denominational churches. The reasons behind the establishment of a specific non-denom- non-denominational church would depend upon the particular circumstances and ideas of its founders. But for the most part, these churches arose out of a desire for independence and a need to return to the biblical basics of Christianity, removed from the doctrinal and sometimes political affiliations that many long-established denominational churches had accumulated over the years, adds the website of Grace Church which was founded by Pastor Gerald Brooks in 1982. But please note, this is important. See, they wanted to return to biblical basics and 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 uh, and, and remove from the doctrine of long-established denominational churches. That's code for, we didn't like their doctrine anymore. So we wanted to get back to what we thought was the right doctrine. So it, once again, it's, they had a doctrine. We didn't like the doctrine. So we went and started another church so that we could have our doctrine. But our doctrine is right. Their doctrine is wrong. Both would argue that their doctrine is based off Scripture alone. Non-denominational churches bring people from all walks of life together because there is no specific denominational affiliation. Your background upbringing, and culture won't be the dictating factors for worship. Your love for Jesus will be what connects you to others in the church, all right? So, just your love for Jesus. I, I guess it doesn't matter about your doctrine. I don't know. Um, researchers added, among 212 religious bodies participating in both the 2010 and 2020 survey or study, the number of congregations increased 2.2%, and they go on, they add some more here. I won't go through all the numbers here, but um, They said uh, non-denominational churches are growing because there is no image associated with it. That's interesting. If you say Southern Baptist, for example, you, ha- you people people have a picture of what that is. He told the pu- uh, publication, if you say you're a Pentecostal or assembly as of God, it comes with negative baggage in many cases. Well, there's probably some truth to that, all right? There, 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 is, there is some truth to that. All right. And uh, we could go on a little bit more. Uh, the article, there's a lot there we did not read. You can find that article. I think it's currently, where was it? Um, it's at the Christian Post. I don't know. Oh, there it is. You have to look for it. Uh, but yeah, it was published uh, November the 16th, 2022. And And here's the headline, non-denominational churches surpass Southern Baptist and adherence. And that is the the headline if you want to look for that story. I don't know what else to really add to this other than this clearly is the direction evangelical Christianity is headed more and more. There's going to be more and more non-denominational churches while the denominations are going to continue to be divided and fight and argue over cultural issues. Um, And every time someone, every time there is a group within the denomination that feels like they're not being heard or their, their, their doctrinal understanding is not, Becoming the dominant, they're just going to pull their churches and they're going to leave. You're seeing that right now with the Methodist denomination. Churches keep leaving the United Methodist. They keep leaving. They keep leaving. That denomination is in a mess right now. Southern Baptists, it seems like every year when they ha- the Southern Baptists have their convention, almost immediately in the aftermath of it, you'll hear like, we're leaving the Southern Baptist denomination. We're not going to be a part of this anymore. It's apostate. And, and, and then they leave and they become an independent church. This is the direction. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'm not going to say it's bad. I guess. It, I guess it just it's just going to make it harder to know what you're walking into, right? In other words, the denom- the, the denominational names used to stand for a a doctrinal system, right? You knew Baptists meant certain things, right? the autonomy of the local church, the priesthood of the believer, uh, the uh, obviously baptism by immersion, eternal security of the, you, you knew there were certain I could go through certain basic elements of what made a Baptist a Baptist, right? Uh, you at least knew that. Uh, if you saw a Presbyterian, you knew you 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 had an idea. Now you just see these names to churches, whatever, the gathering. Uh, What are some, I can't remember all the names of some of them, but they're always like something, you know, like, you know, supposed to be hip or cool, I guess, but it doesn't tell you anything about their doctrine. And then sometimes you look at their doctrinal statements and it sounds good. It looks good. But then you listen to it in the preaching. Like, where is the doctrinal, where is the doctrine showing up in the preaching? And then it's kind of missing. And then I don't know what you get. Is the future of Christianity... At least in the mainstream, is it about to become? How can I say this? Doctrinally anonymous. I want you to think about that. Like, There's a lot of discussion in the culture, you know, like, you know, that you can't, you know, that someone's identity, you can't, you, you can't say that they're male or female. They can de- describe their own identity. They can choose their own gender, that kind of thing. We, we've talked you know, that's always a big issue in the culture right now. I wonder in a roundabout way, Christians have kind of embraced a, I don't want to be labeled a Baptist. I don't want to be labeled a Presbyterian. I want to be known as non-denominational. I want my doctrine, in a sense, to be not, I don't want to be known by my doctrine. That, in other words, doctrine is going to be almost seen as try, that nobody wants to be identified by doctrine, and they don't want you to try to identify them by doctrine. They, they want their doctrine to be more neutral. They don't, they don't want it to be clearly defined. Do, do you think that's where we're headed? Now, I understand that there's non-denominational churches that have very strict doctrine. But I just wonder if we're kind of going to a more doctrinally anonymous kind of Christianity. But I, I personally believe that the, the rise in non-denominational churches is just the, the never-ending unintended consequences of the Protestant Reformation. The church loses the power. The people now have the power. And the people now determine what is true and what is not true. And the people now determine what doctrine is right or not right. And as soon as their church or their denomination goes against them, they're going to go find, uh, they're they're going to either go start or just find another church. In many cases, they end up in a more non denominational church. You tell me what you think. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Now, it appears, right before we end, that for some weird reason, the Church One app sent out another notification, or at least it did. I didn't see that we lost connection. I hope we didn't. If you were listening on the Church One app, if we did lose connection, if you could send me an email, newsif at yahoo.com, to tell me whether we did or didn't. Um, Because, yeah, 17 minutes ago, it sent out a notification that we started a live broadcast. Usually that happens when we lose connection. I just want to make sure we're not uh, returning back to our previous problems that we were having um, with the internet here. So if, if if you were listening and we lost connection, that typically is what that means. Uh, let me know. And if we did not lose connection, then it's just the, their notification did something weird. And so we don't need to worry about it. But you can email me either way. Either way, newsif at yahoo.com news, if at yahoo.com. The rise of the non-denominational church. Love to get your thoughts. We'll be back with more live broadcasting here. I don't, I don't have a schedule. Just whenever I'm ready, I'll be turning the microphone on. If you have the Church One app, you will get the notification that we're going live again. So, be checking throughout the day. We'll be broadcasting throughout the day, the evening, possibly into late night. So, there's something you would like me to discuss or talk about, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. We will be uh, doing some discussion about law and gospel coming up here probably shortly. Thanks for listening. God bless.